You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. I'm a parent. Maybe you are too, a grandparent. Or perhaps, uh, well, if you attend church on Sunday or sometime on over the, the weekend, at least once a week, you probably see a family with, uh, with kids and, well, wonder, are they learning anything? How do they listen to the service? How do they participate in the service? Are they listening to the sermons? How, how do you do that? I have a three-year-old, and uh, sometimes just making it through without any bumps or bruises is, is, uh, is our biggest challenge and sometimes our goal. So we're going to take a look at how to, how to help kids, how to teach children to listen to a sermon. Great pastor helped, uh, lined up to help us with that today, Pastor Oliphant from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. He'll walk us through how to help kids learn how to listen to a sermon. Might help me out, too. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them on the KFUO website. Look for the CUW logo in the sponsor section. Pastor Tony Oliphant, pastor of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. Welcome back to Faith and Family. Thank you very much. Glad to have you back with us today. And, uh, Pastor, tell me about uh, about the congregation, the life of the congregation at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. Lots of families there with kids? We do. Uh, we are kind of unique in that we are demographically pretty evenly split across the board. We do have a number of young children that attend the congregation and uh, a good, healthy mix of children of all ages, and then uh, some adults that have been really instrumental in helping lead them along in the faith. Well, thanks be to God for those families that bring their children there to hear God's Word, to receive His good gifts in His Word. How long have you been at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Elmhurst? I just celebrated my one-year anniversary in October. Wow. Well, happy anniversary. A whole year. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Pastor, what has been your interaction with, with children and education? And I mean, I, you're a pastor, so you know a lot about sermons. What about your involvement with, uh, with children? Well, uh, Redeemer, uh, as I have throughout my entire uh, pastoral career, I always make sure that I'm available for the opening of Sunday school, too, um, so that the children kind of get a good summary of what to expect in church if they're going to late service and haven't been yet, and or to recap what they would have heard in the early service. So our Sunday school openings follow the liturgical calendar, and so I always make an effort to be there for the openings of that, introduce the material. Um, I've also uh, always found it a lot of fun to work with uh, kids of all ages. So we have a children's choir at Redeemer, and I'll stop in. We just had a St. Nicholas Day party, so I stopped in to see how things were going for that and to teach them about uh, the real St. Nicholas and, of course, to give them some treats since it was St. Nick's Day. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of trying to involve myself uh, in places where they're just good opportunities to teach, even if it's just a quick lesson to take home, but to uh, to simply be there. Now, what are some misconceptions, Pastor, that we have about children and sermons or even worship in general when it comes to children? What are some misconceptions, and, and how do you respond to those? Uh, some misconceptions, I would say, are uh, we, we have a tendency to want to uh, turn our, our society, our culture, into different segments. I think we can see this in the slightly obsessive talk that we have about different generations, whether someone's a millennial or a Gen X or uh, whichever generation this is that's 
now coming onto the scene. Uh, it's kind of we're we're sort of obsessive in creating these different age brackets, as if uh, they all need something completely and totally different from from any other age group. And so to try to subdivide a, a divine service that way, um, typically I found doesn't really do much to unify the one holy Christian and apostolic church, but what it actually does is it divides us and it teaches children that they're not really part of the congregation. Uh, and so when we do that from a really young age, uh, we really can't uh, be surprised when, as they mature, they don't want to participate in the service with everyone else. Uh, so there's that uh, kind of that misconception. The other is that uh, kids just don't understand. And while it may be true that they, they may not grasp some of the more nuanced concepts that might show up in a sermon, they do ask questions. And that's the one thing that I've really just been amazed with. It's the caliber of questions that I have from everything from elementary school age, small children, all the way up to uh, confirmation students in high school. And so it shows me that they're listening, uh, no matter no matter what age group the sermon is really geared toward, uh, they're listening and they want to understand. And so the fact that they're asking these very astute questions, I think, indicates that we have some serious misconceptions we need to revisit when it comes to uh, children listening to sermons. And perhaps we even have misconceptions about the Word of God and how it works in the the divine service and in preaching. Precisely, yeah. Um, the the idea that, uh, you know, you must be this tall to ride when it comes to Scripture uh, is one that we'd probably be best to jettison. Uh, the, uh, the Scriptures encourage us to talk with our children about the Word of God from the time that they're little children. Uh, I mean, we have this command from Moses to speak these things to our children, no matter what we're doing, when we're going somewhere, when we're returning home, when we're sitting down, when we're standing up, uh, whenever we're doing, whenever we're gathered together, whether it be as a family, uh, a family unit biologically, or uh, the people of God, that we're to be having this ongoing conversation founded in Scripture uh, constantly. What can God do in His Word in spite of us? Or, <laughs> well, I, I should say in spite of us. You know, when when we're thinking about this, uh, the divine service and the, the preaching of God's Word, uh, sure, hopefully we have a, a willing spirit and we are sitting down ready to listen and, and hear, but uh, can God work in spite of the fact that sometimes I'm not the best listener? I think so. Um, you know, there... Uh, one example that comes to mind is there are these parables, the particularly differ, uh, difficult ones that you know every pastor dreads when it comes up in the lectionary, uh, the parable of the unjust steward, or um, you know the parable of the king throwing the uh, the feast for his son, and then he surprisingly goes and sends out his armies to destroy the people who don't come, um, or you know any of the, the historical accounts from scripture that are kind of shocking to us. Uh, it shows that Scripture is really, uh, it does work in spite of us, that sometimes it snaps us out of the fact that we're either not listening or not listening closely, or it'll say, uh, you know, it'll essentially get us to think, well, what on earth does that mean? And it then engages us through the, uh, through the challenge that it puts forward. So why should kids sit through a sermon? 
Well, and and we try in our family. Our son is three, so sitting is is not uh, his best. Is not his strength. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, as as with anything in the divine service, uh, we learn by doing. Um, you know, we uh, we learn the songs of the church by actually singing them. We learn when to make the sign of the cross by actually doing it. Same thing with the sermon. We we learn to listen by actually sitting and listening. Now, it's uh, it can definitely be a challenge, uh, especially for, for young children, but, you know, doing it in, in small bits at a time, perhaps. Um, but we, we teach them to listen by actually having them listen. Um, and so we... Uh, we set the example ourselves, of course, uh, but then we in- encourage the children to actually hear what the pastor is saying. And as I said, if we have to do that in small segments and then, you know, give them something to chew on or something to draw with or color with, and then that's perfectly fine. I always tell parents, don't worry about kids making noise uh, at any point during the sermon because... I have a sound system backing me up, so I'm I'm going to win that one. Uh, but to uh, to encourage them to listen and whatever comes along, well, we're trained to deal with it. What should they be listening for, even if it's in a small segment? What should it should they be listening for? Yeah, this is uh, you know we when we teach them to listen, we teach them to listen uh, for the same things that we should be listening for as adults too. Uh, first, that'd be any of the teachings of Christ, you know, who he says he is, uh, what he's doing for someone, whether he's healing someone or um, you know forgiving someone's sins. Essentially, what we should be doing, what we should be teaching our children to listen for, is law and gospel, uh, the same thing that we should be listening for which of course means we need to be teaching our children what law and gospel properly is and what it does. Uh, but yeah, that's what we teach them to listen for. So how do you, how do you teach that? <laughs> how do you teach yes, the, yes. a child to listen for that? Let's say, you know, let's say a, a third or a fourth grader. How do you teach okay. them to listen for that? Is that a, is, is that a fair range? Yes, yeah, I'd, I'd say that that's, that's a fair range. Uh, one thing that I have uh, the, the children and youth of my congregation do, and this is actually a requirement for confirmation once they get up there, but we encourage them to practice before they get to confirmation, uh, is to actually have law and gospel notes on the sermon. So they take a sheet of paper, write law on one column, gospel on another, and then they listen for specific examples. And the way we teach them is, uh, you know, we have the commandments taught fairly early on. And so, uh, you know, very early I'll hear, I, when I take a look at these notes, I'll see, you know, Eighth Commandment, Seventh Commandment, First Commandment written on the, on the left-hand side. And then we teach them to listen for how God answers that, um, either through forgiveness of sins, through redeeming us, through revealing the truth to us. And so to, to actually have them engaged with, uh, with something that's tactile, whether it's uh, writing out notes on law and gospel that they're hearing in a sermon, or, you know, for, for children that aren't, um, that aren't quite ready for that, uh, you know, we have, I've had kids draw pictures of what they're hearing the pastor say in the sermon. So if it's the story of Jesus uh, healing a leper, then having a picture of Jesus healing someone. 
Um, and very often they're able to write a couple of words on there um, to further indicate that they're listening and that it's, it's being processed. And then it's further being processed in that connect, that tactile connection of the, the pencil or the crayons to the paper. So listening for key words. What about younger children? Um, any tips for helping younger children, helping uh, know what to, to, for younger children to listen for? Uh, for the very for the very young children, uh, I always try to teach them listen to what Jesus is doing, and if they can walk away with the lesson of what Jesus is doing, what Jesus is giving someone, uh, then then you know I I chalk that up as a win for that for that sermon, and you know, as I mentioned, I do the Sunday school openings, and very very often the first the first ones to raise their hands and want to answer the questions that I'm asking about the gospel reading that they've just heard in church uh, are the are the youngest kids, you know, the four or five and six-year-olds. They're the ones that, you know, they're paying attention to the gospel reading. Uh, they might not always look like it, but the fact that if I ask the question, they're able to answer uh, indicates to me that they are, in fact, listening for what Jesus is doing. How... So, so you got the 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 uh, the squirmy kid, and he listens for maybe five minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts on that? Or recommendations how to how to build on that? Yeah, well, the best way uh, to build on that is uh, for the parents to uh, be listening themselves, and then to engage the child in what they've just heard. Uh, you know, once the service is concluded on the drive home. Uh, to reinforce that that little bit that they did here, because that's just one more uh, kind of block that's going to be on the foundation as they listen to sermons, as they do get older, as their attention span increases, as they have a bit more self-control sitting through a service. Um, but to for parents to reinforce that um, as close to the time of the service as they can, um, then t- I think that... Uh, that's a that's a really good way to help you know the children that that you know five minutes is <laughs> five minutes is a real challenge for them but to reinforce what's been heard in that five minutes. What about uh, outside of the service, maybe at home in the car? What are things that we can do to reinforce that um, that those listening skills that they would use in the sermon? Yeah, uh, well, you know, as as uh, as you mentioned in the car, uh, the drive home from church is a really great opportunity to talk about what you heard in the sermon. You know, and if the parents want to say, well, I didn't quite understand this or that, uh, that's okay, um, because that actually gets the kids to start thinking about, well, I wonder what, what that actually means. And it may even lead them to, you know, talk to their pastor about it, which pastors always like. Um, but to begin Sunday morning on the drive home from church, um, talk about what something new that each person learned. You know, it's something that I've done with my youth group before when we go to youth conferences is after every speaker, I always make every youth tell me two new things that they learned. And they aren't allowed to double up from what someone just said. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it was uh, it was a way to get them to either take notes or to actively engage, even if it was just, you know, for the first half or something till they got their two new things. But, uh, but you know, to, to have everybody talk about that in the car on the way home. Another great opportunity is in uh, devotions at home, uh, you know, to 
to have your regular devotions and then you know a couple times during the week revisit the readings that were uh, that were in church that previous Sunday and kind of keep the keep the family devotions tied to the church here that way so revisiting that material through the week in in daily devotions um, having everybody call to mind what they what they heard a couple of days ago uh, really does help it sink in you know the the old saying is Repetition is the mother of all learning, and you know that's even true of uh, when we learn Scripture by heart or when we're learning the doctrines of Christ. Um, it's, the, it's the perfect opportunity to revisit materials throughout the week when we tie our devotions to the lectionary. Something going back a little bit, something I, I didn't think of. What about preparing for Sunday morning? What about preparing for that divine service for that worship time? Yes, yeah. Uh, well, you know, fortunately, one of the advantages of, of being on a, a lectionary is we're able to know, or we're able to look up what the pastor is going to be preaching on. So, you know, on Friday or Saturday, to go ahead and take a look at what's going to be discussed. And so, you know, any any questions like, well, I wonder what wonder what that means when it says that in Scripture, or uh, I wonder how this connects to what we were talking about before, uh, to, to start asking those questions amongst each other so that you know, uh, so you know what you're listening for in the sermon. And then if it comes up, wonderful. And, uh, you know, there, there are a couple times that I've had people address me after the service and they say, no, we, we were looking at this reading and we're really glad that you helped explain X, Y, and Z. Uh, or I've also had people say, we took, a, we took a look at this, and we had this question, which uh, that didn't come up in your sermon. And so, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm working on a 13 to 15 minute time limit. So, um, and, you know, we, redo, we do revisit the readings. So uh, it gives me the opportunity to preach on different aspects of the text each time. But uh, the, the advantage of going to your pastor and saying, you know, we we were wondering about this text that didn't come up in the sermon today. Well, it gives me the opportunity to talk about the text even more. It also teaches me what my congregation really needs, uh, what they're looking for, um, the questions that they have that should be addressed. And that does help with pastoral care and um, sermon preparation. So don't be afraid to go to your pastor with questions that you have left over after the sermons. As a pastor, how do you help uh, how do you seek to help parents and families with this, uh, uh, teaching children how to listen to sermons? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that the pastor can do in, in helping out families that way is uh, really good, thoroughgoing, thoughtful sermon preparation. Um, you know, when, when we're spending the hours uh, you know, translating and outlining what we're going to say and choosing our words carefully uh, to realize that we have a, a broad range of hearers. Uh, we have everything from little children that, you know, are tuning in uh, to people that have been in the faith their entire lives. And so to realize that we need to, uh, we need to have something for everyone. Now, that doesn't mean that every sermon needs to be written on a child's level, but to have certain elements of it that could be grasped by a child and then also to have things in there that those who are mature in the faith are still, you know, being able to be edified and built up and having greater clarification. Um, so I think the, the biggest key is in sermon preparation. Um, the 
other uh, the other thing is to help parents uh, with their own ability to properly uh, distinguish between law and gospel. Uh, that happens through um, sermons with material at, at the parents' level that would help teach that. Um, it also comes through you know Bible study, personal pastoral care, but enriching the parents' understanding then will, of course, enrich the conversations that take place at home, uh, which, you know, are, as far as I'm concerned, the the best foundation for children listening to sermons. When you're preparing your sermons, do you do you have an audience in mind? Do you think about that uh, that first grader when you're preparing your sermon, as well as the 95-year-old? Uh, very often, you know, it, it'll depend on the text, but, you know, I, I do try to um, explain everything more than once. I mean, that was one thing that was that was taught to me is if you really want someone to learn it, you have to say it more than once. So try to say it once in a brief sentence that's easily grasped by an elementary school student, um, and then maybe elaborate on it a little bit more. And then by the, by the time that I repeat it the third time, or sometimes if it's really important, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time, um, by the time I'm repeating it, that there's also more being drawn into it. You know, the, our, our understanding of law and gospel is, um, often character is often caricaturized where it's, uh, you know, we just have this really cheap little label that we can slap on them. But in, in its truth, it's actually very richly contoured and textured and, uh, and nuanced that we can we can lay out a simple truth uh, for the for the small ones, and then we can for the more mature ones we can uh, kind of build on that and lay out all of the all of the wisdom that's there. Uh, and so, yeah, when I when I do write sermons, um, I try to uh, find a way that I can repeat it uh, in more than one way that would be able to be grasped grasped by different levels in the uh, congregation. We have just under a, a minute left, just about a minute left, Pastor. Do you uh, prepare any tools or any resources to help families in your congregation to help children listen to sermons or, or even adults? Uh, you know, I, I don't. Uh, I did previously uh, try to put together weekly uh, devotions that were based on the that were based on the lectionary, the readings from the previous Sunday, with then kind of guided questions. And then the readings that weren't from that Sunday, tried to connect them back, uh, tried to choose some that, that linked pretty closely. Um, I haven't done that uh, for a little while now, because once you make it through three years, then you have the whole lectionary set up. So, uh, But no, finding, finding good materials like that, um, I think the Congregation of Prayer is an excellent uh, resource. Um, and that's that's free online. Uh, so uh, because there are such a wealth of resources of devotions that connect back to the uh, the church here, uh, that's something that I've kind of um, I haven't further developed. But yes, yeah, I, I do try to encourage any kind of devotions that connect to the readings on Sunday. And this year, I'm sure with Advent services in many congregations, you have twice the opportunity to practice your listening skills during sermons. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Pastor, thank you so much for being our guest. Pastor Tony Oliphant, pastor at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. Thanks for being my guest today on Faith and Family, helping us, helping parents, helping kids learn how to listen to sermons. 
My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless your ministry, your service at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. More faith and family on the way. Need some apps or technology that might help you through the holidays, how to stay organized, keep things on track? We're going to talk with Matthew Bergolt from LCMS Office of National Missions School Ministry. He's got some apps and tips to help us. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO.